Alex Burton, good morning, my friend. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> Where are you out of? Uh, I'm normally in Boston, but I'm in Cape Cod right now with my family because my apartment was getting a little small with my roommate. <laughs> got you, now. got you. Yeah, that is one of the uh, parts of social distancing. Family is safer than roommates um, because, yeah. you know, with family, you've already lived with each other for a long period of time with roommates. This is, this is trial. <laughs> what if it doesn't work out, man? What if, what if somebody dies, not from the COVID, but from just hanging out with each other? Shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's uh, been something. Um, sorry, I couldn't quite hear what you uh, said. What, uh, you're in college right now? Yeah. So I'm a uh, senior in college. I'm 21, but I'm uh, taking the next six months off to work at the Bank of New York at, in a co-op position. So what my goal is, is you work there for six months. I had completely finished like my degree, like the requirements. It's just, I have a couple credits left and I figured it's better to go out and come back with a guaranteed job. Yeah. When you graduate. And on doing that, I've really taken my real estate approach to two very different directions that I kind of think are funny where I, one of the things I, I do very well is I work well with college kids who are, uh, heavily male dominated say they want a party house but they don't you can't have x amount of undergrads in so what i do is i go out with these groups i a lot of times are student organizations and i find uh for how many people they want multi-family houses that i you could have four apartments but they all share a basement they all share the same door so instead of having the four or five undergrad law uh you have to play around that you have four different apartments all one house and in doing that, I've created a really interesting business for myself when it comes to rentals that I have these pretty big student groups just coming to me asking for this. And it's allowed me to uh, just have these times where, you know, if you rent one whole house out in Boston on Mission Hill, you're going at least $1,000 a head. There are sometimes 10 to 11 beds. And for me, that's been a really good experience of how I could leverage my personal connections of where I am in college to uh, my job at Round Room. And that was just this huge thing where I knew exactly I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always been trying to do things. And then a friend of mine who was uh, older th than me uh, by three years, he was in college and he started buying houses and he worked at my firm and he referred me. And now he's actually, he's 23 and doing a 50 unit development. Nice. Uh, that they're building ground up and they have a very sophisticated structure. And part of that comes from one of the things I'm very fascinated with is I'm studying finance and financial technology, where I have a data analytics approach into my education of how you view financial aspects. And then I have the sophistication to work at the Bank of New York. You tend to have to have some background in at how corporate finance works and how just investments as a whole, because I work client relations on some portfolios. So I had to be able to explain to people why this is doing what. And for me, the going from the frat kids explaining to them what a lease is and what like these certain words mean to now going to these very sophisticated clients, it's been a great transition. And what I realize is I'm now able to pull the sophistication from a place like the Bank of New York and apply it to like micro real estate with myself. And I don't know if you saw some of the pitch decks I sent you, 
where uh, my friends and I, I'm advising with them, are really doing some uh, very incredible things in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where they're going into these areas with high level sophistication. They, they model every little bit. They actually have Goldman Sachs advising them, one of their advisors, and they're going to these neighborhoods that are heavily military towns, where if you go to try and find a house and you ask for financials, you maybe get a spreadsheet with like net operating income. And they're using their high level financial planning to be able to plan out how they buy each and every house. And they just have that huge edge in the competitive marketplace. So one of the things I'm doing for them is helping them get the capital, the debt servicing, and even I, I'm about to buy some of their houses. And you have both the buy and hold strategy and then the turnkey. Once you start getting capital coming and you need extra, one of the things that, uh, that we prefer to do is try to sell a, a flip that we were going to rent as a turnkey property so we right. could pull out capital from that without having to dilute shares. Right. And yeah, that is kind of, now it's about trying to blend it where what I really hope to do for myself is create, uh, bring that sophistication level of private equity and real estate to the college student rental market where I, I want to buy up student housing in a very sophisticated manner and have everything planned out and then be able to put clients in that I know. And right. for me, it's, I'm just trying to find that happy middle to do that on the side while I just build my resume up with work because eventually for me, I want to have like my own full service private equity. I'm looking, I'm starting to study for my series 63, series seven and CFA because that's really where I want to be. And I want to provide holistic financial solutions that are based in real estate, but also when it comes to retirement planning in a wide form of securities. Right. Yeah, Alex, I like it. So 21 years old, what college did you say you went to? Which one was Northeastern. it? Northeastern, yeah. I've actually jumped around. I started at community college, then I went to state school, now I'm at Northeastern. Nice. So I used to work with, uh, I used to work at Johnson & Johnson. We had some of the students from Northeastern come in through their, uh, whatever it was where you got to work and that counted as part of your semester. So uh, I got to meet some of those Northeastern students, very intelligent kids uh, coming out with some great ideas. And uh, this sounds like a, a viable solution to um, some of the issues that adults have as they're retiring is not having cash, not having income sources, not having the right investment strategies. And you're providing through syndication, the, the concept of basically being able to buy into student housing, which is a, a tough market to get into, right? It's just super niched, time maintenance, you're turning leases every nine months. It's one of those uh, strategies that I have avoided, but I know guys who are doing it and they've done a, a great job in student housing in Providence. They, they got a bunch of two families and they uh, turned them into, you know, like eight doors, 10 doors, whatever. And it's, uh, it's worked really well for them. One, so, of the great things, yeah. One of the great things about Boston is sometimes when I do student housing, because of how many people come in, you could just like, you, I can run things off at six month periods for just semesters. And I know there's going to be someone there. I, I, for my personal place, I rent out bedrooms where I live. And I think I, my roommate was like, oh, I have to leave. Is okay if I break the lease? And I was like, sure. Within a week, I, the first person that I talked to moved in. 
And a lot of that just comes to knowing the clientele and knowing how to get there. And it also helps that I go to class with people. Like whenever I introduce myself in a class, that's one of the things I make sure to state. I make sure for, I would say my personal niche clientele within the student housing niche are a lot of times, you know, heavily male dominated guys who are looking for a good place to, they can have a college time. And for me, when I go to class, I'll introduce myself like when you stand up and ever and say that just try to ha- get it out there as much as possible. I have an Instagram account that I'm not very good at, but you know, even if you get five likes, all that matters is one person saw it and they want to rent it. Yep. And for me, it's just pushing it as much as forward as possible and not stopping. Like when, even in during COVID, I started doing zoom show showings with people yep. on YBL where you can just go through the pictures and trying to innovate, find that way. Because a lot of times what people don't realize is it's really much easier to pitch a college kid mm-hmm. on a rental that they'll have for a year than the majority of other people. And it tends to be 19 to 21 year old guys don't notice certain things about apartments that. Uh, <laughs> they want to look it over. Yeah, overlook it. Yeah. So Alex, I got to ask, um, you mentioned COVID already, and that was where my head went immediately was. Uh, we've noticed that a lot of students are going back home. They're not staying on Northeastern's campuses. They're not staying in their rentals. Uh, parents are pulling them back, saving money. What are you seeing uh, with your rentals right now? Do you have to push a little harder to get them rented out? Yeah, so what I'll say right now is I've rented a couple places and what I, I'm noticing is definitely a lot slower. Like in my company chain, you know, maybe it's one or two every couple of days for what gets rented compared to if we were not in COVID right now, I'd be probably getting an email every hour or something that, oh, this was rented, this is not there. And right now that's completely slowed down. But what I'm noticing is that the landlords that are willing to go the extra mile and figure out 3D tours, figure out video tours, I'm, those are going so fast that I have an issue where I'm trying to tell people, hey, there's only, yes, there's all these places available, but we can't get into there right now. We're not gonna go walk into some person's house during a pandemic and the landlord's not giving us anything. So now instead say you have a hundred properties in your database, maybe only 20 actually have those videos and every real estate agent is going to try to find a house with videos for their clients. So those uh, houses that are well, put together on the internet becomes super competitive to get into at times. Uh-huh. I had people and we picked two places that we were getting everything ready to go, getting the co-signers and everything. And within the next day, both were gone. And they were very wonderful, like they were beautiful apartments. And that's the thing that if you want to have that apartment, that's both a bang for your buck and livable in for what you want to do, you will probably have to take that risk to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with, like, say, in Fenway, those basement-level apartments that you have car lights shining into you when you're trying to sleep, which not a lot of people want. And that's what I think really where the disconnection is, where it's so annoying how slow it's going, but then there's that hyper-competitiveness for those 20 really prime units. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely definitely an interesting niche. There's definitely some uh, trickiness to it. I've got to ask. So I, I know you probably said this already. Where, where are you working right now or how are you, um, where are the properties coming from? Are you a licensed agent or are you working for a company that owns a bunch of property? 
who are you leasing for currently? So uh, for me, one of the things I, I did when I was a freshman in college was I got my real estate license. Nice. And that just makes it a lot easier because now I'm actually able to legally advise yep. on projects uh, like when it comes to development. And right. now I have, uh, because of that, I started working at Freeview Properties, which is a great establishment. But uh, with my job at Bank of New York, it's a bit more demanding than what they were giving me because that's a place where you're very much your own entrepreneur. And I had someone who was a great mentor to me in round room brokerage, Zach, who just it helps me a lot with the little things that take an hour here, you know, filling out all the paperwork, sending yes. it in, making sure the co-signer is right. And he, he just knew you can rent a bunch of places, Northeastern kids, but you want to, like, I want you to go out and do your job. Let me help you out. And yep. now I'm at Round Room Brokerage. It's brand new and it's been terrific. Every yep. bit about it. And really my YGL is just a great resource. And I also have some connections with uh, landlords. So I just rented some places out. And because of that, occasionally I could just give them a call up and be like, do you have anything that is not in the system? I yep. have this people they have good co-signers where we're going and yep. funny enough that's actually brought me to like the investment sales pivot where i really have no experience in selling like trying to pitch a, a family home but i have experience pitching apartments that are owned by people who are not living there their investment properties right. so now after doing that for a, a bit I now have this network of landlords who I've rented out their places for who I'm close with when exactly. it comes to investment sales. And I actually have a property that is uh, on, on sale right now. Uh, it's off market. And now it's just one of those things where the landlord uh, doesn't really want to put it on market. He's an older guy. He doesn't want to have to deal with it. And I was like, let me help you to the side here. And that was going very well until COVID happens. You know, people are, uh, don't quite have the same uh, sureness that they want to yeah. buy a property. And it's also predominantly a value add and the worry right now in Boston, just trying to get anything zoned. So right now I'm just trying to figure out where I could go with those places. And then I have always things that come in here and there. You, you know, you tell someone about a place, they tell you, you happen to know someone. And that's really where the rentals brought me where I didn't, I saw myself doing that eventually, but I didn't see myself within three weeks of doing rentals. I had a, uh, a listing sign for me for seven and a half million dollars, just nice. because it, I was one of the few people where I don't really care about the time, and the money I put in, I'm just going to show your place. Like if I like you and you're like someone who at least takes the time to talk to me, because some people can be kind of rude in real estate, oh, yeah. at times, especially when you're going to the world. <laughs> real estate they're relatively nice i like to say they're nicer or not in this game they're nicer when you're going to someone's home and they don't necessarily want you there or something it can be there and just when you're someone who at least answers my call and yeah. gives me everything and you know is like oh you know i could i it's not a co-broke now you help me i'm going to do what i can to find the place uh there was a rental for last summer that you know i think i brought 20 clients over and the guy had a little too high rent. I got it rented. But what mattered for me was 
he gave me list. I knew now when it comes to his other listings, because that was one unit, it was like the one place he had left that no one could rent. I know the fact that I rented that if when he's going to be in the position to maybe get a sale, he will actually listen to me if I have someone. So that's really how I think of it. The rentals are, you know, that short term cash flow, which are really nice to be a college kid, rent a place for $2,000, make over a grand and do that in a day. And, but that's not really where I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to get into the investment sales side and go from there working with heavy accredited investors. I love it. I love it. So essentially uh, you're doing exactly what I tell new agents to do. If you want to work with multifamilies, you want to work with landlords, go and service them on the rental side, go and connect them with the contractors they need, connect them with the painter or whatever it may be to get that tenant turned, that unit turned, and then go service them and filling the unit. The, the agents that they'll answer the phone for are the agents who are getting them tenants, who are helping them, servicing them somehow or the other. And also those landlords take care of them for a little while. When they're ready to sell, you're the first they let know. You say, hey, by the way, you know, I'm getting ready for sale. Uh, how do I prep? Because not all landlords know, right? Especially the, the small landlords only been around for a little while. They got one or two buildings. And in Boston, it's no different than anywhere else in the world. They're, they're not exactly savvy investors. They just bought the house. They got lucky when the market tripled 10 times, you know, went up in value. So there's still normal people who just happen to have massive net worths. They're not super sophisticated. And what they need is someone to say, hey, this is how we raise the value. We got to get cap rates up. We got to turn the property over. We got to you know, get the rents up there. And um, so you can offer that service. They're going to work with you. On the other side of it is they've got a ton of equity. Yeah, they may be willing to sell or finance pieces of it. The bank will bring the rest. It's definitely an easy option when you have the relationships. Uh, one of the pieces I, I tell everybody, you can invest in any, any city across the country. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if it's over flooded like San Diego or Boston or New York. If you have the right strategy, you can get through and you can cut through everything and get it done. Uh, I love the rental market for student housing. Right now, I hate it, but uh, right now, the only thing that's really doing very well is normal residential and all the rest. Commercial usually is a strong component, but is wiped out. Office usually strong, wiped out. Uh, storage is still doing okay, and industrial is doing okay, but the, um, the student housing got wiped, and so did uh, really, I mean, retail is, is burning. So it's, it's one of those things that I think does well no matter what, as long as there are student loans to be had, as long as the, the federal government doesn't change loan structures on student, uh, the way students finance their, their college degrees, and as long as college degrees still provide jobs, right? Oh, so yeah. we're getting to a point where that may not be there in the long term, but I think for the next five, 10 years, you're in a, a great niche. I would just be yeah. concerned um, to be able to pivot, right? To be able to accept lower rents if uh, something in the federal government changes where suddenly it's no longer a benefit to go to college, right? Because, oh, yeah. but in Boston, you're all right because those colleges Everyone are at least higher. What that, is it? That, the great thing I love about Boston, it's like one of the things that I, I tell people, I'm like, oh, are you worried about this? And I'm like, tell me this. If your kid got into Harvard right now, what would you, like, what, would you say no? Like there's right. so many of these elite schools, Harvard, MIT, Tufts, right. Northeastern has below 20% acceptance rate, uh, BU, BC, that there's these schools that are the pinnacle and that's not including all the medical around there. Right. That what I love about Boston is if a kid gets into Harvard, you bet that kid's going to Harvard, which yep. means I at least have 
10,000 something clients hanging around there. Yeah. And then Boston Medical's the best in the world. And one of the reasons why places like Brookline are people are buying these low cap rates and everything because like just thinking about that, you have the students and then doctors are going to get paid, you know, even if there's a pandemic or something, they're yep. still going to get that money and it's just a oh, secure Especially money. in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a pandemic, we need our doctors. It's, those are our best tenants right now, the nurses and doctors. And it's just like for Boston, that's something that really attracted me from there that I know I have these clientele that I could go to. And eventually as if I stay in real estate in this way, of doing an agent, which I plan to do really just for a while, because, you know, even if you're making one to two grand or you're doing rentals where you're working that full-time job, that's an extra 24 K a year. And that's a, that's a significant amount of money. And like, no, maybe I might pivot from uh, students to, I guess, doctors, but I, I, right now I don't see that because it's easier for me to rent a five bed to a bunch of kids than to deal with some guy who, may have a family that's very particular about school zoning and everything like all those things that i don't want to worry about i'm very big in i want clients that i you know they don't yeah. really care a lot they don't care about school zoning and also just going broader for that as me as a real estate agent things i cared about was i don't pay a fee for where i am uh like i have no fees they handle all of that they give me my database for free i got free it help i got so much for free and that they will i'm going to ask questions about paperwork because for me personally uh when i'm doing paperwork by hand no matter how much i see it i struggle with it and i want someone I to check it over yeah so i want that yeah. my broker is but he's been doing this for 10 plus years and he's seen the same lease over and over and i know that i can just send it to him he doesn't care what time it is he doesn't care like you know that i'm bothering him he just does it and for me, those were things I cared about. And also the social aspect. I like that I'm with uh, people, although I'm in college, I got invited out to go to like the company party and everything. I like, they still talk to you. You could sit down and they know sometimes at preview properties, my old firm, uh, December was a really slow month, just in general for rentals. It tends to be because yep. it's the middle of the winter. As soon as it gets warmer, people start to worry. And because I was in, uh, college, I got these clientele that they didn't have, you know, they didn't get the, the adult clientele weren't looking. So I was able to become the top grossing uh, rental agent at my old firm for a month, just because of where I was. And for me, that's really what I cared about that I had people there who in three months showed me what I need to get to become the top agent, and yep. that were willing to answer every question and that didn't charge me. And right. that gave me like, if I need something on the MLS rather than me paying for it, I can just ask my broker and he'll send anything over that I need. Right. That's really good for me that I lower my costs. Yep. So I just yeah. control more of it. So that's really how I've looked at it as a whole, where no matter what I do, I'm looking at the cash flows at expenses. And that's part of the reason why I didn't go with sales to uh, homes because it's going to be so much slower. And for me, it takes a while. I like the paperwork for homes. I, it takes me a lot longer to go through it and, you know, do it correctly than a yep. lease that I have everything pre-set up for and just need it's, to check over what the tenant fails. It's interesting because most markets all across the country will, will give opposite advice, right? So 
for us, we're an hour south of Boston. So we give the opposite advice. We say, fuck rentals, don't touch them. It's not worth your time because the rentals are $1,000, you get in half, right? And it, you, there's such a huge tenant pool here. There's so few rentals that it's just not worth your time to go in and shop for them. Whereas in Boston, there's a massive demand on on the rentals and real estate agents are actually involved. Down here, the landlord can rent themselves. There's no need for an agent. There's no need for the sophistication of uh, an agent to do it. And so we're, we actually burn through way more transactions on the, the brokerage side of, on selling real estate than rentals. And the only other markets that I see hot like that are Miami, LA, uh, you know, San Diego, Boston, New York. Like those are like rentals markets that renting actually makes you a good living. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't even touch the transaction side because like, oh, these rentals are way faster, right? Yeah. uh, At uh, my old firm, Preview Properties, one of the things like that really got me, there was a couple things that I knew this was like the right place for me. It was one, they actually had like, they averaged out after your training what agents were making and it was $2,000 a week. And that's like in your first year, you know, like in your first year, if you were doing this full time, you were making 60 K what happens to doing it five years. And you like, like you figure out how to do it. You have people, you know, making over like 200 K sometimes off of rentals. And for me, I wanted a place that they said that to me, that how, that's how much money you can make. And I did that in a week. And it was, it was weird for me working, like being a 18 year old, 19 year old. I worked pretty crappy summer jobs. I worked in a kitchen, in terrible heat and then i did like moving furniture i worked some retail jobs where you're getting paid you know maybe a little bit above minimum wage but to make what you would do in like a month yep all at once in like one day it it just like had that epiphany like view for me that i realized so much of like what we were told to do and what you can't do wasn't really there that whole thing about age and everything for me being young gave me a new niche and i'm so happy about that and I was just, one of the things I'm doing is I push it. I'm part of the Northeastern Real Estate Club and I just give every kid I can, I'll get them an interview at brokerage, any brokerage I know, I'll refer them to, I'll give them like, I love prep agent for studying. I'll give them my discount code. I'll uh, help them study just because I know that if I instill this into other people, like it was instilled to me, I have such loyalty to the person, the people, the two people who helped get that job to me because it opened all this up that I want to do so much business with them in the future. Like I'm trying right now to save money so I could buy some of their places just because they'll manage it for a discount. And I'm like, that makes sense to me, the cash flows. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people right now do that. So I think I've had set up like five or six, you know, with Corona now necessarily people might not be doing it because it was a summer like starting but I think I had like around five or six uh, people at my new firm get hired. And nice. uh, like, for example, at the Northeastern Real Estate Club, every week we have uh, a big meeting where we have some pretty cool people come. We had Slater Holdings. We had Sal Lapule. We had Tantran, who is some genius. It's, it's hard to explain him. He's just a genius and yep. made more money than I can imagine. And other people, other people like that. And being in an environment where you now have these adults who are doing these sometimes billionaires coming in to speak, but then you also bring in the brokerages to begin with that. Like I'll go out and talk to just to have them to be like, here's this guy when he's 50, here's what he's doing. 
here's this person right now that wants to hire you to do rentals and will train you so you could eventually reach there. And that's really what I've been trying to do in my community. And I love that because just the fact that this has changed my life, how much like I've learned about investments on top of my finance degree. And then also having money to be able to go out and buy a house at like, like right when I go out of this, I'm waiting for Corona to get down a bit. And I have some markets that I'm looking at where I just want to start buying it. And, you know, being in your early twenties and owning property, that's life changing. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. uh, There. So I started buying property when I was 21 and I look back and if I had your mindset, right, if I had the financial backing, the background that you have now, I would be a monster right now, right? So we're at 50 units. We do okay. We got a $4 million business. But if I was thinking the way you're thinking, right, like the way you're thinking right now, uh, you may not have all the answers. You may not have all the experience, but give yourself a year or two, right? Uh, give yourself a couple of months if you hustle hard and like you can build very quickly. Uh, just do a couple of deals, get them under your belt, you know, buy some small stuff wherever you buy it. But at this point right now, yeah, use your own money. Um, you know, do at least one deal with your own money because I, I hate the idea of telling anybody to go out there and, and leverage other people's money until they've done it with them. At least one deal with your own cash, right? So stack up your own cash, earn it, invest it, keep right it, now, don't lose it. <laughs> house hacking right now for um, in Boston where I got a uh, one bedroom split and I was lucky that my parents, uh, believe it or not, they didn't want a 19 year old to be the only person signed on a mortgage for an apartment. So I was lucky enough to have my parents really come help me with that. Yep. And what I, what I ended up doing is a bit about my mom. She actually owns a construction business that does uh, beach type houses, big fancy million dollar houses in uh, Connecticut, like in the Fairfield County for like the investment banker type of people. Nice. And so I was lucky that for her, like she, she like, she was just like, okay, yeah, you know, I'll give you like, I'll, like I've been around it for so long. The idea of me managing a little construction site while I was doing real estate, it, it was fine. So I was living in construction for a summer. And what I did was I converted my one bedroom to a two bedroom so I could rent out. I cut the uh, dining room in half. I put up a wall. I redid some of the wiring yep. and I was able to now rent that out for $1,400 a month, yep. uh, split my utilities. I have a friend who lives there, which is great. And that just brings down so much. It brings down your yeah. cost by so much. How's that, man? That's, that's part of the game. You know, I, I'm just trying to find it where even if it's a little apartment, I'm I, like, I'm renting my couch if I can <laughs> at some yeah. point. I have friends who will come, like if they need a place for like a month or two while they're trying to stay, get like doing their interviews, I'll rent them my couch yep. or whatever, you know, just whatever I can do to make that yeah. bit of money. You, you can Airbnb a couch in Boston. That is, I've... Spent nights on Boston couches and Revere and <laughs> well, my, my nope. condo looks over Fenway park. Mm-hmm. So the room that I rent out looks into Fenway park, which is, uh, at what, like what I plan to do eventually, uh, once I move out of there, because I have a dog, so I don't necessarily feel comfortable having anyone Airbnb there is Airbnb as you know, it's, uh, I redid it. I have a brand new kitchen. I have a very nice bathroom, uh, brand new wiring and I'm going to Airbnb it as like a, a dude's getaway, watch a Fenway game, be at Fenway. Yep. Be, I live over uh, 
I live on the Peterborough, uh, on, I live on Park Drive on the corner of Peterborough. Oh, yeah, Park Drive. Yep. everything and like that's like where the room is i think that's kind of like a unique thing for future because i don't necessarily want to for me for fenway one of the reasons why i love that place was it was a huge uh huge jump getting it where i was really happy that i had that experience where i watched my mom close more houses than most real estate agents yeah so being able to go there and seeing like getting to do it with yourself and actually getting your hands on and finding that property that you know will appreciate you know you have that value add on it in oh, yeah. the boston market it was just this amazing experience that was intoxicating for me i want to do it again and then again like i i can't stop now i'm it's really like winning the game of life it really yeah. is fun yeah and it's appreciate like i it's already appreciating so much from both the construction i think i've added like around i was doing some estimates i've had it for a year now has gone up around 60k in value yep i mean i don't know if corona you know but right before corona and for me that was just like a cool thing to be able to see okay i found these guys i got them to do this construction i found this per i found this place uh i actually was able to get in before the first open house because i had this issue where i saw this was the third apartment i saw in fenway but I, I know the Fenway area. And one of the things I know is they don't stay. So the first apartment I saw, like we were figuring, like we figured out what we could do to it to create the value add. And then we put in, we were like, con, like writing our offer and an international buyer came in all cash. There you go. And it was like, okay, here's that. <laughs> Terrifying. <Yep. laughs> so then like the next, then we go to the next showing and it was this like really nice apartment and there was another international buyer coming there paying cash. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to the, I'm trying to be one of the first people in the open houses and these international buyers are coming in paying cash. Yep. So what I did was, uh, it was actually my mom's strategy, which was where I was grateful that she's very versed in putting offers in on houses with how many she's done. Uh, we were able to get in early in the open house and then and then um, uh, go from there to put an offer in before the open house even happened. And although we paid a bit of a premium from that above the listing price, what we were able to do was avoid the auction of this place because we knew exactly right when someone gets in there that we were going to probably run into another international buyer or two who are going to drive up the price and offer cash. Right. So it was just, you know, figuring out how you could play the system, get ahead of everyone. And that for me was like, it's a it's a game it's really interesting it is <laughs> that is the game alex i've got another point i gotta jump into my friend thank, thank you. you for all of this conversation it has been fun if you could give somebody your age advice right now what would that advice be what would that advice be oh it will be yeah. figure figure out future value of money equations and present value money of equations and look at that and remember that interest is a thing. That's like what I'll say. There's this people don't understand how things work. And I think if you do that, you'll be better for everything. Because if you're going to school, I think it's kind of ironic. You go to school to get a job and you get a job to make money. Right. And then you could go get this awesome medical job per se, which we definitely need, especially in pandemic. Yep. But I know kids who are in their very well through their medical schooling and yep. they don't know anything about like how to manage a checkbook at all. And that's what I'll say. And have that baseline. So what you're doing for your own personal goal, you can at least 
have like have that education and that's where i where i really think what separates like middle class and upper class a lot of times and who can get there it's just that understanding of this really basic math we're not even talking we're talking algebra one <laughs> we're talking your your high school ninth grade math if that and i think understanding that is will really set people ahead i agree with you i agree if, if you just did the math on um, if you just looked 10 years into the future, 20 years into the future, especially with all the inflation we're putting into the market right now, quantitative easing. Right now, if you're not in gold or real estate, your money's going down in value. And I don't care how much you have, I don't care where you're sitting it, unless you have it in debt on an asset like real estate or gold, your money is going down in value and it's gonna to continue to go down in value. And with interest rates low, our real estate's gonna to continue to go up in value. So it's a very, very good time to be owning real estate. It's a very good time to be buying real estate. And everybody's looking for the crash. Yes, the crash is coming, but it's not coming this year. And this is not the crash. This is not our recession. So real estate has not been touched by it. And unfortunately, because I'm a buyer, right? I want the fucking crash, but <laughs> unfortunately it is not here. Uh, we've just going through a little slowdown. Alex, that is some phenomenal advice. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Let's stay in touch. I'm yes. looking forward to what you're doing in the future. When you have a choice, I always work with the best. Thank Later, you. Have a good day. You too. You too.